I've got a question before we start. All right. You've heard of Murphy's Law, correct? Yeah. What is it? Anything that can go wrong will go yeah, wrong, we're wrong. Right? Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of Cole's Law? Oh, God. <laughs> no. No. It's thinly sliced cabbage. Oh, God. I'm I'm done. Welcome back to episode 60 of the Rocket Punch Cast. I am Seth, joined by my usual companions, Mr. Will. Yo, what's going on? And Mr. Cameron. Michiwa. We are here to talk about video games into microphones. Let's get started. First off, what have we been playing this week? What have people been playing? It's a lot. At least for me. Um, it's that time. Yeah, it's that time I mean, of it's... 2017 that we knew was coming. <laughs> well, March is done. And so all the games from March are now here. They're available. Um, I, I'm i having a hard time trying to figure out what I'm going to play. Like, I dove into Horizon Zero Dawn a lot more. Um, finally started, decided, oh, you know, I'm going to go focus on the story after, like, 15 hours of staying in, the, like, the first little area. Uh-huh. And um, started heading towards the first main city, Meridian. Got completely wrecked by a Thunderjaw. It was literally like, oh, I think I can take one of its components off. Nope, it's on me. Tail swipe done. Um, so that's fun. But like that, especially when you get into past the first little gate, that game opens up so much more. And I'm enjoying every ounce of time I have with Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, been playing Mass Effect Andromeda more. I'm, I'm, I, I think kind of agreeing with myself. I like the game. I'm just not with Horizon and these other games here. I'm not. It's not drawing me as much as I expected to. Um, I'm definitely going to continue playing it, but it's probably going to be on my the lower part of my like priority list for now. Um, we did. We just did a stream. Um, you def, guys can definitely find that on YouTube.com/slash/RocketPunchGo. And we had a Rocket Punch Live event for that, and I had a lot of fun. It's just I don't know. There's something. There's something there. It's just not hooking me. Um, maybe I just got to get further in. I've heard that it it it's a slow burn. It uh, yeah. really is. I and mean, getting the best advice that I received was get off EOS as soon as possible. Okay. EOS is the hinterlands. And okay, okay, and that's what that's where I'm at now. So yeah. they said like you you will see a lot of things to do on EOS. Get off and and I can I can attest to this. Get off of EOS as soon as possible. Stick to the story until you get the net. Like basically, after EOS, you'll open up two planets at the same time that okay. you can go to, and then go to whichever one you want, and then play the video game. And I am on those two planets. Those two planets are infinitely more interesting than EOS. Yes. Okay. Okay. And I'll, I'll definitely have to do that. Um, what other games I've been playing? Um, Ryan Zero Dawn. I've played well, a little you, bit. Do of you have Zelda. any of your Japanese crap you've been playing? <laughs> Tell us about that. I do have one big one. Um, I guess. What, Perfect listen, time is listen I, full disclosure, I love Japanese stuff. Okay, like, that is... Don't don't mistake that I, that I think it's dumb, but... Um, got Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I know 
for people that listened to the mini episode last week, I talked, gave a few impressions. I've actually had a lot more time spent with it. Um, that game, Persona 5, and maybe Persona series is in of itself, is becoming one of my favorite JRPGs of all time. It actually is, um, if it's not already up there with the Final Fantasy like level of awesome JRPGs, it, it's, it is up there. See, or I keep them. hearing amazing things about Persona. And I, like, I, I need to play it, I feel. Because I keep hearing it's amazing. It's and very I, good. It's like, oh, it's 100 hours, but you want to play it again. I'm like, no, I don't. There's nothing. <laughs> like, there's no, nothing, no emotion or feeling that you could in, induce in my brain that would make me want to relive it. But people apparently love it. Well, thinking about it on the way over here, my comparison is kind of like, Final Fantasy's the, to me, like the old guard, and Persona 5 is like the new kind of almost revolution, new stuff. Almost like, and I hate putting a comparison like this, is like older people, and like they always had this way of doing things back years ago, mm-hmm. and Persona's kind of that new kid come, up and comer that's like, oh no, we're going to do some stuff, we're going to keep some stuff the same, but we're going to put it on its head and twist it around a little bit. Um... Persona Five has style. It has swag. It, I, I I need to get the soundtrack. The soundtrack is great. At least right now, my favorite, the battle tunes. Oh yeah, and like there's like a jazzy undertone in almost all the songs in there. So when you like when you win a fight and kind of just the attitude that rolls around, like oh it's so I I can't describe it. You have to see it and play it. It's so good it's so awesome is it more or less jazzy than the dolphin jazz song from mario kart 8 it's more jazzy than that more like, jazzy yeah, than, yeah, I mean, that's pretty damn jazzy it's a it's like a very smooth like jazzy kind of anime type of meld and i'm i've maybe a couple of hours into the game um i'm in my i'm still in the first palace um which is basically the first dungeon but uh, what makes persona so cool and so different and so new, I think people are used to Final Fantasy, especially, I think they're on their 30th anniversary this year. Um, Persona's on their 20th anniversary um, this year. And coming in, when you play the game at first, you don't think, you're like, oh my god, this is going to be some of the boring parts. But the like day stuff, how the day cycle works, basically you'll have like early morning, like April 9th, early morning, morning, lunch afternoon after school evening and then it cycles through the day like that and you basically go through the entire year like that and you you yeah you're going to do stuff like i have to go to school i'm in class during the day you can get um jobs after school like day jobs or night jobs to pick up more money and build your relationships because part of persona's core is building relationships with other people and that helps you like build your personas and your um, abilities that you can use when you go into the dungeons. But a simple thing is that one of the first things I found, I was in class and the social studies teacher was like, okay, we're going to ask, you know, we're going to talk social studies. And it's like new kid. And just ask you a question right off the bat. It's like, according to Aristotle and Socrates, these are the three parts of the soul, like this, this, and what, and it gives you, it just gives you three choices. And if you, I selected right, and I'm like, oh, that was really good. And like, 
some of the kids, and I don't want to spoil too much, were like making comments about it. But then it was sitting there. It's like, man, I feel like answering that question made me a lot smarter. And then your stats pop up, and I actually got an, a boost in my knowledge for answering that question. And those those stats, when you do stuff like that, answering questions in school, doing your jobs, those what you would think are mundane things and activities you do throughout the day, those can build and give you different um, points and attributes to your character. So that way, when you go into the dungeons, you're better prepared for that. Um, as well as well as like meeting new people and building trust with them, that those will give you new abilities. And it's so it feels grounded and it feels very cool. Like except for the whole part of you going to another reality and destroying demons. It's very grounded. <laughs> yeah. Very grounded in reality. You know, I go to the demon realm every day. <laughs> no, no, no. You go to the shadow realm. The sh- no, I don't ever go to the shadow realm, but boy, the, do I send people there. The enemies are called shadows. <laughs> in the game. Well, but it's, it was so persona five has to be played. If you are a fan of, JRPGs in particular or RPGs in general, I really feel like Persona 5, if it's not already, it's going to come into its own and be... If Honestly, I think it's almost as big as Final Fantasy. If not, it may surpass... 1.5 million copies. Sold, yeah. Yep. In the first week worldwide, um, which is awesome. Like I was That's super happy seeing that. Um, and hopefully that trend is going to continue to go. Like Regardless of the the craptastic streaming stuff that Atlas is throwing at you. Like go play persona, go find a friend who has persona so you can watch it and play it and see what you think. Uh, persona is super, super good. Um, you guys will and Seth, you guys definitely have to play it. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying every bit of it. That's don't be surprised. Honestly, I think you guys should play it because I, that's a game of the year contender for 2017. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I, I, no, 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 no. Uh, like, Mar- Marsh was filled with them, but I could. Yeah, that that will be on the short list. I can tell you. Yeah. Um. I just. Oh man. I'm 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 remembering the battles and just the style that really hooked me. Um. Out of that and just kind of the story is very good. The, the character building is something that you don't see a lot, even just in JRPGs. Mm-hmm. Or RPGs in general, like it's very cool, and they they have a purpose. I I made a new bond with a character, and it gave me a new persona that I can use in battle, so I can switch that out and then have a, a completely different set of abilities just because I was like we're becoming friends and we're making this bond and this trust. Yeah, is it a? I feel like the the time limit because you essentially can only do so much in a day, right? You don't. I guess to clear things up and clarify for you guys and all the listeners at home, the day stuff, you basically, you kind of force yourself. You're not on some clock like you have only so much time in the morning. It it stays morning until you complete, until you perform a certain action or event that pushes the day forward. So you have to be smart about what you choose to do then. Exactly. As you'll go through, I have to be smart about, okay... I want to do this night job so I can get some more money, maybe meet some more people, but the job is on. I have to work Mondays and Wednesdays evenings after school, but I also want to go play on the volleyball team at school. And that the practice for volleyball is Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so it's almost a schedule. You have a calendar and you're like, okay, I got to make sure Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm going to work after school, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to, um, Volleyball practice, and you'll get like, you know, you go to volleyball, you might get a boost in strength because you did something cool in practice, or you might get some like knowledge gained if you go to the work at the library or something like that. Ah, okay. Um, but like 
as far as those, sometimes, especially if it's a scripted event, you'll go through like morning. When I went to school, it was just a, that class moment in the classroom. It was morning. It was that single spot in class. And then it switched over to evening or okay. um, to after school. And so you're not going through each one. Individual. So how do you spend hundreds of hours in this game then? It, the entire game in and of itself is over the course of one year, roughly. And because you're not based on a time limit in between, it's not so much like the evening, you only have so much time. The evening, you'll basically, I'm going to do as many activities as I can in the game. It may let you do it all. The game may say, okay, well, it's getting really late. I probably need to go home. Okay. And, um, and that you do have to kind of like, okay, if I want to go to the batting cages tonight, that means I may not be able to do this. And you have to, those choices still matter because there are, as far as playing through this game and people talking about replayability, there are bonds you can make that you may not make the first time through. And so like you'll make bonds with these certain people in your first playthrough, but then you'll be like, man, I want to, I wanted to talk to the other cool person. I never had a chance to build that bond. So you may play again to build that bond with that person. Um, I know this is maybe spoilers for persona four, but, um, Oh, well, I think that the statute yeah. of limitations is Yeah, it's, it's way over. Um, there was a part in that game where you had to... The story was different, but you still had personas. And you basically, you went to this TV reality world at night. And people there was a murderer in the city. And you were there was one girl who was like your friend who got... Like, she's in your school, and she got kidnapped. And you had like, you have a week to save her. Like, you can do whatever you want within that week. You can go train in the palace in the dungeon to get stronger. You can build relationships or whatnot, but you have to save her by the 10th of May or she dies and you don't get to interact and have a bond with her at all. Mm. You'll just get like the story will be like another person was found dead and she's dead. Well, I know that I, there must be some huge story beats because I know that there's a whole controversy around the streaming and spoilers and let's plays. And that's a whole other convo to have. Yeah, It's, I'm sure in the game they have certain days because I'm sure, I mean, the streaming thing said July 7th, like don't stream past this date. So apparently I'm expecting like a huge, huge, like story beat that happens on that day. Yeah. I'm still in April, so I still have got time, but, um, we too are in April. <laughs> it's funny how that worked out. Yeah. But it, that's kind of in a general sense, how the story goes. And it's, it's very cool. It's not persona five itself. It doesn't feel too hard to learn. It gives you, especially through the first part of the game, you're getting the tutorial. It gives you stuff in chunks, so you can definitely learn combat and stuff like that and day-to-day stuff, and you can always access the tutorials later. But, again, if you're an RPG fan, go play Persona 5. It's wonderful. Wonderful. I've heard great things about it, and it is supposed to be the most accessible one if you're new to Persona. I would agree with that, especially playing Persona 4, which was my first one, Persona 4 Golden. Um, I would agree. Sweet, sweet. What about you, Will? What you been up to? You're gonna hate me for this, but a lot of Dokken battle. <sighs> I'm I'm not even kidding. Like hey, he's referring to it. For, you know what? First off, let's celebrate 1,000 subscribers to the podcast. Yeah. That's a so across all Rocket Punch podcasts, we have a thousand subscribers. So thank you very very much. Um, since we have so many new faces or new ears, <laughs> you may not know the history of Dragon Ball Z Dokken Battle, which we ref- we shortened to just Dokken Battle, is a cesspool mobile game <laughs> that Will is infatuated with. I was once infatuated with. 
I, then I lost I everything. I didn't put that needle in my arm. I was like, no. Oh, then I lost no. everything and it was over. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, no. The the needle never left. It's still going. So essentially, there was a time where this the podcast almost got hijacked. And became the Dokken cast. Became the Dokken cast because all we would talk about is a stupid mobile game with his stupid Mario Party bullshit <laughs> and his stupid DBZ cards. And now they've run out of characters, so they're just re-releasing the old characters with like new, like this is the Dragon Ball Super Super Black Goku. This is the Rainbow Goku. We've got we've got purple. We've got turquoise. We've got macaroni and cheese Goku. Like it's just all these fucking Gokus and Vegetas. And then there's these new things from DBZ Super, and it's just like Makachikamon and Chopsticks. You know, all of your favorite characters from Dragon Ball Super are here. And I'm just I don't know. I don't know what any of this means. And then there'll be like special event. We've got an ultra rare holographic oolong. You can get him now. He'll blow Vegeta away. Like <laughs> you got the gold hair Vegeta. Too bad because macaroni and cheese poire is gonna beat him out. So, anyways, <laughs> no, no, no. Tell no. us about DBZ Doken Battle and what's going on over there. No, I got the uh, the transcended ultra rare Yamcha, which is literally a picture of his body in a crater. <laughs> <laughs> he has transcended. <laughs> yeah, he has transcended into death. Into something. I want you to know that in my day-to-day life, I reference going even further beyond way more than I <laughs> should. That's okay. I'll go back and rewatch it, just because for some reason my brain will think. It'll be like, surely he doesn't scream for the whole five minutes. No, he nope, does. He does. <laughs> like, he, like, kudos to the voice actor for, for Sean Goku. Sean who? Sean Schemmel. Sean Schemmel, thank you very much, because you are a screaming master. Um, he played trombone for several years. That's where he got his lungs to do that. He is definitely the coolest, so. <laughs> I, too, played trombone. So does that make me Goku? No. No. Oh. I tried. <laughs> what? All you played was Doken Battle. There wasn't anything else you played. No, that, that was literally it. Wow, man. You know, Allergies, man. I couldn't really. Allergies. Out of bed. That's the reason he signed. <laughs> you know what, Will? We're moving on past you. I have played <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda. I've played a lot more Mass Effect. Um, I am not going to give any spoilers, but I am on the third planet okay. of the five that you get to explore. So I believe that. I, all right. Actually, a moment here because he was not. Joking about the ultra rare Yamcha being just Yamcha. <laughs> this was an actual thing. Yeah. It's actual dead Yamcha. Yeah, it's Yamcha's body in a crater. Okay, so. at least they get it. They, <laughs> oh, they get it. And I, I did play Destiny, but I figured you wouldn't want to talk about Destiny. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I'm giving them their second chance. They're going to be able to redeem themselves. It's okay if you play Destiny. I, I'm actually would be curious to know what Destiny is up to. Like... What happens when the when the dead when the deadline has been set for this game? Like, they they have said they're still going to have the original Destiny available mm-hmm. um, after Destiny 2's launch, probably for people who can't upgrade to the new system yet for whatever reason. I'm like, by the time that game comes out that Christmas, you're gonna have like PS4 and Xbox One S or two one ninety nine two forty nine like. The deals are so crazy. So crazy. Can't beat them. Come on down. Guys, crazy guys, Carl's guys. Video Game Emporium. <laughs> no, 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 no. I believe South Park did it best. The Black Friday Bundle. There you go. It's, it's going to happen. And um, if if I had to pin a date, I would probably say sometime early next year. Early spring is when I'm, I think they should cut Destiny's cord. I think they should have done it in 2015. 
Ouch. But you know, again, I'm giving. I'm gonna give you another try, Bungie. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna be stupid and give you another try because I think that you've changed. Okay. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Talk to us about Mass Effect. Mass Effect. <laughs> okay. So the big patch, the 1.05 patch, came out for Mass Effect. Woo! Uh, I would argue that this is actually the game that meant to ship. I think that they ran out of time. Uh, they did some work on the eyes and the animations. From what I can tell, they're going back and redoing most of the animation. Um, they're just moving part by part. And this was a big update. The eyes were the big one. Like that you, There are comparison videos. And oh, bajillion comparison the, videos, yeah. The one I always remember is Addison. Tired face, yep. That, that interaction is now makes... It is now great. It makes perfect sense now. So uh, that... Helped a lot. Um, I think that overall stability is getting better in that game. They did some multiplayer balancing. The game in and of itself is, it's, you know, it's more Mass Effect. It's, I love it. I'm a little biased because I think Mass Effect's really cool and I like that. Do I think it gained anything going open world? Not really. Outside of just like more quest options. And I'm using that term very loosely. I, I think they, and this isn't anything against Gears of War. Four, but I think they kind of went that route where they kind of stayed on the same path a little bit. They had a couple of new different changes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we I talked about it in an earlier episode where I I really wish we would have seen. I wish it was more different. Like I, I wanted to see more aliens besides the two new ones that they have in there because they're the only two new ones. Everything yeah. else is the same and a little bit more like taking more a little bit more of a risk. Um. But you know, yeah. it, but like you said, Mass Effect. More Mass Effect is not bad. At it's all. not bad. It's it, it's a great game. The multiplayer's. I mean, the multiplayer is where that game has its legs. Really, like that's where it's going to have people playing six months from now, and it's great. I mean, it's Mass Effect three multiplayer all over again. So if you missed that, that's reason enough to play it. But I think you know, just like the the first Mass Effect was totally new it was a totally new thing and so we were all infatuated with it now they've kind of done another entry to a trilogy and we've but we've seen it before right like we know these races we know kind of what's going on and so i really want to see how they're gonna build that up over the trilogy i don't know i'm enjoying it but it's by no means like a life-changing game for me it's a it's more of more of what i like so sure i'm about it but yeah zelda and and Horizon have definitely been more convincing open world experiences so far. So you can go watch our our Rocket Punch live. It's on the youtube.com slash Rocket Punch. Go head over there. You can watch Cameron play it. He plays it, and you know the face isn't quite as tired. <laughs> it's not quite as tired anymore. I made sure the patch was installed before I. The, thank you, live. or maybe not. Maybe it's just the throwback. You know, throwback throwback Wednesday or whatever. We, whenever we stream, so. Uh, that's what I've been up to this week. So um, before we jump to our main topic, because we have some things to discuss, um, let me first say thank you very much for listening to the Rocket Punchcast. If you would like to support us, we would be truly, truly grateful. Um, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. If you head over to patreon.com slash rocket punch, you can support us for a dollar a month to get the wallpaper pack, which is awesome. However, if you jump up to $3 a month, you can get some awesome goodies. Bonus episode of the Rocket Punchcast. Bonus episode of Tank and Spank. You can even go hot. You can go even further beyond. <laughs> if you get to the $5 tier, you get some swag. Okay, no. He's on it. 
He's on it. If you go to the five dollar tier, you can get um, some swag, some pins, some stickers, um, and even some extra bonus creator spotlight goodies, all kinds of cool stuff. So look for some exciting new things coming to Patreon very soon. We've already got it jam packed, but boy, it's better time than ever to be a patron. And uh, what that allows us to do is continue making the show, continue supporting our website, the hosting of the podcast, uploading of videos. That we, type of we stuff. want everyone to know there. In this room, there is a single dimly lit light bulb above the table. Yeah. And our patrons help keep that on. Mm-hmm. And as long, you know, as long as you guys continue to help support us, and we appreciate it, whether you're a patron or not, but the patrons help us keep that light on, and we really appreciate that. Plus, you have cool little titles like Rocket Punch Fan or Rocket Punch Super Fan or Ultra Fan. or <laughs> I, I think there's one that's like an Ascended Fan or something. That's if you truly get it. That's true if you want to go. Even, Even further, further beyond. beyond. <laughs> that needed to be a tier now. <laughs> well, we, we're going to make changes anyway, so we're taking care of that. So, yeah. Make sure to head over there and check it out. But, of course, if you just want to enjoy Rocket Punch goodies, we deliver most of our content free of charge over at RocketPunchGo.com. That's where you can find all the goodies. I, I, w- I want to make another comment as well. Cause we also deliver them ad-free. Ad-free is correct. Think about that. Because we don't, we don't have Squarespace. We don't have Loot Crate. Or what's the new what's the new stuff on the block? Harry's or me, Blue Apron? Me, me undies. Is that a th- oh me, god? Me undies. Have ads, yeah. Oh god, yeah. Me, we don't have any of that shit. None of that. None of that. None of that. And that's thanks to viewers like you. But I will say that these me undies that I'm wearing feel really really great. Use code <laughs> Rocket Punch. No, I'm not. There's no code Rocket Punch. Don't use that. Uh, so let's talk about Scorpio Project Scorpio. Oh, man. Cameron yawns. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. Here's listen. Listen. I want I want everyone to understand what's about to happen. Alright? The year is 2013. Don Matrick stands on stage and personally drives the garbage truck. Directly into the firework factory, next to the shit factory, next to the fan factory. (laughs) And it just ignites. And he says, you know what? Mobile games. And leaves. And Phil is left here, who started as a developer. Phil Spencer started as a game developer. Is now in charge of this literal burning shit pile. (laughs) Fast forward two years. He announces backwards compatibility huge audience reaction like oh this is really great and I think we even talked about it a little bit in some of our past episodes where that was the first step on a very long road that was to the, recovery that was the first step to on the the Phil Spencer era That's like the, the yeah, true era true era of Phil Spencer like we got it we made it happen the thing that you wanted it is done awesome great I think the next step was Xbox One S and new Xbox One experience that they came out with last year um, Xbox One S had some slight bumps because it needed HDR power, 4K Blu-ray, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was a great thing. And they also announced Scorpio about a year ago. We only thing we knew is six teraflops, so, uh, like three gigs or something. Of like it, honestly, all that's all we ever heard was. Project Scorpio, six teraflops. Six teraflops. Here's Todd true, Howard. Man. True 4K gaming. VR is a buzzword. That will happen. The, the uh, most 4K. powerful console in the world. That's what they said, and that's <laughs> what they said. So, so now, all right. So, so far we've been on a pretty standard PR campaign, right? Like, okay, we're going to announce our thing, whatever, whatever. So, 
let me tell you why Phil Spencer is one of my favorite men in the gaming industry. Because, do you want to know who the biggest critic of the Xbox One was when it comes to the bits and the gigabits and the the gigabytes and the, the tech specs? Digital Foundry. Because it's their job to be, right? They dissect things and they tell your and they tell the world why your product is superior or inferior, right? And so they broke it down technically why the Xbox One is not as powerful as the PlayStation 4. So they have the Scorpio. So what does Phil do? He invites Digital Foundry out to basically check out the Scorpio. Um gets a lot of FaceTime with it. They see some demos. Uh, they get hands-on with the hardware. I heard some cool stories from the Major Nelson uh, radio podcast. Uh, essentially, the creator, one of the creators of Scorpio, came in and assembled it for him. Like, each component was laid out on a table, and he grabbed a component, put it in the box, and he said, this is this, and this is what it does. And he assembled this Scorpio for him there. So that was pretty neat. Anyway, so Digital Foundry released this video talking about a lot of technical junk. We can probably link that below. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put that in the show notes below. Like I'm not, I'm not going to post the article. The video, it's 15 minutes and it does everything the article does. And the, the TLDR for this is that it is a very powerful console. Um, it is a premium product and Microsoft said it's a premium product. They, they, they were not joking when this based on the specs when this system releases it will be the most powerful console. Who will be the most powerful console? I, I theorize it will also be the most expensive console, so we'll see there. But the main thing that I, the impression that I got from watching the Digital Foundry That's video. the impression that I get. Sorry. Great. Ska music. Perfect way to start the episode. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ska music's good anytime. Of course. We'll get a letter about that for sure. I knew I hung out with you guys for a reason. Good. Um... The impression that I got was that the stop it. The impression that I got was that the Scorpio was a machine that was engineered for hardcore or for core gamers, right? I think hardcore gamers are still going to go with custom PCs, like super hardcore. But for core gamers, it is for people who really care about this stuff, and they have somehow magically been able to build a system on a chip which is basically, you know, the whole computer on one chip like all consoles have, but they've given it the power and speed of a PC that would have discrete or dedicated know, parts. Dedicated components to that. So they they don't have a dedicated graphics card, but they have the speed of a dedicated graphics card and that's that's through some awesome Microsoft engineering. And and what I think has happened is this is like Microsoft has definitely turned into a design company over the past 4 years, I think, with uh the Surface even with the One S, the Xbox One S, like that was a beautiful designed console, um, and so I think that they have taken that design experience and now applied it to a more higher end market. And I'm really excited to see where that goes. What were your impressions? What did y'all think about the Digital Foundry coverage? Um, I thought it was an interesting take on it. I still am kind of disappointed. It's only the specs we get to talk about. I want more than that because it's the whole package for me. Because if it's just the specs and it's the same big black box, then I'm just going to go buy a NVIDIA GTX 1080 and put that in my tower and just be like, oh, well, hey, I got all the power right there. Okay. It, at least initial impressions, I would, I kind of disagree respectfully with you, Will. I, I, I understand why they release the specs first. 
honestly, it's the easiest. Number one, it was the easiest way for the specs not to get leaked by the media, by some, you know, oh, these are Scorpio specs. I'll get so many likes on my website if I just post them online and they'll get confirmed. And I actually, my personal opinion, I applaud Phil Spencer and the Xbox team for taking the route that they did. Like digital, as far as console market goes, and maybe even in PC market, Digital Foundry is the like one of the official, unofficial, definitive sources for specs and all the technical jargon. Their videos are really great. I remember watching the um, Horizon Zero Dawn, like the PS4 Pro 4K footage, and like mm-hmm. them talking about that. They did the Zelda Breath of the Wild. They did a video on the patch that came to Zelda that was supposed to like increase the frame rate to see if the frame rate increased after the patch. Yeah. Like they, if you like that technical stuff, which I do, and I think everybody at this table does, then digital foundry like is the place to go. And I really, I almost would love to see like future console releases doing something, not like a full reveal, but like partnering with digital foundry. It's like, Hey, you guys come and take a sneak peek at our hardware. We're going to put you under an NDA. And on this date, you can talk about the specs and it could be before the official console launch. It could be on that. Like, wouldn't it be cool to be like, if you're watching for us as gamers, all you care about are the game. Like, will this do, will this run ultimate eight K HDR, PC Master Race. 8K gaming. <laughs> like, will this run? I am mighty. You are weak and I am mighty. <laughs> will, will it run this? What games am I going to see? How are they going to look? That's what, and I think Will, thinking about, like, that's what you wanted to see. Like, what, give me the lineup. What games, what are the games going to truly look like? Well, I in this instance, for me, if all I cared about was the hardware, I'm going to go fire up my PC. Yeah. But so like, thinking about it, it's a good it's good it's just I want more than that. But think about like if that was for any console, whether whoever makes it like for a console release, if they reveal that console that day, and then maybe midday to the evening, you also they partner with Digital Foundry when they're on stage, they don't focus about the minutia specs and details, and they don't make the journalists have to figure all that out or you have to wait until you actually get a teardown box. Yeah. You get what gamers and journalists and everybody wants to know. And then later on that day, digital Foundry's like, Hey, we partnered with them. Here are the media, here are the nitty gritty details for people that want to know it. And they've already got it. Like all the details, all the specs, all the Ram hard drive space, everything's laid out for you. You don't have to worry about. Yes. Like they've tested it. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we have these details and like, okay. So for people that want to know that, I would love to see that. Um, particularly about the Scorpio details, very impressed. Um, Mm -hmm. If this, if now these are spec sheets, um, would you, for people that don't know, do you mind if I go through? Yeah, go ahead. I've got the spec sheets here um, and we're pretty tech savvy. So if we need to explain anything for people, we can, Um, as far as the Scorpio specs, the CPU, which is the processor, they're actually going to have a eight core custom quote X86 cores. Um, for the chip, um, each core is going to be running at about 2.3 gigahertz. Um, the graphics processor will have 40 quote customized compute units running at 1172 megahertz. Um, that's actually about that's a 100 megahertz or so faster than the PS4 Pro. Um, what that and same with memory. The memory it will be 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 memory. Eight gigabytes is dedicated for games. And then the other four gigabytes is dedicated to the system. They actually talked about how 
the dashboard will be able to be rendered in full 4K, yeah, like the Xbox dashboard, based on those specs there. And that memory bandwidth running from the um, like the RAM directly to the processor is 320 bit gigabits per second. For that in the GPU, for people who aren't tech savvy, because I've actually, in listening to a lot of this coverage, I've realized a lot of gamers, like in the console gaming space, don't really know that tech stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of breaking it down for them. It's almost like they want to just buy a box that plays <laughs> video games, <laughs> yeah, right? Well, almost. Um, that faster speed, basically, um, things can transmit faster. You'll everything's going to be better. Uh, you, if things are going to run better, they're going to run smoother um, with that ha- faster memory bandwidth and GPU speed as well. Um, you can do more more calculations in less time. Um, it's going to have a terabyte hard drive, which I kind of figured that, um, and the optical driver will have a 4K. Blu-ray player, um, Ultra HD. Those are the kind of main components. The video that we'll show, put in the show notes has a lot more detail on there. But even like I'm looking at the chart and comparing it to the PS4 Pro, it does edge out the PS4 Pro in most all, except for the hard drive, which is the same. Um, all the other components, it edges it out like either we're a little bit or a good chunk. I believe the word you're looking for is crushes it. <laughs> um. Yeah, what about your game library to back the, that up? The, so it, I want to talk about – we skipped over this. We got to the tech specs, but I want to talk about the approach they took. Okay. I think this is genius, and I think that it is something that will definitely be a new standard for console reveals at least. Getting the – you have to think about the community as far as, as a whole, right? And there's going to be people that try and shift the conversation one way or the other, right? Um, and generally the majority is going to shift one way or the other. It happened when the Xbox one was revealed, right? There was a good conversation. There was a bad conversation to be had. And most people had the bad conversation, right? Always on DRM, da, 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 da. People overlooked. And we've talked about it before. People overlooked the, you know, shared game library, those types of cool features in favor of that. So any announcement has the equal opportunity to either blow up in your face or be the greatest thing ever. Right. Yep. So, Usually what happens, and there's a lot of Microsoft naysayers at this point. I would say that the majority of the gaming industry is is probably more critical of Microsoft than they are of Sony in a lot of ways. And I think there's a thousand reasons why that is the case right now. But the Xbox One's reveal was one of them. And so what I think Microsoft wanted to do is they wanted to prevent anyone from undermining the excitement of the marketing of Scorpio, which... Based on my approach and look, will probably called be called the Xbox One X. There are rumors that it was just, called that. Yeah. Just that. So they wanted to make sure that people didn't let tech specs bog down that announcement, right? Because the announcement of at, that's going to be at E3, like the E3 will be the reveal of this console. Um, that is going to be about games and design. Like, what does this box look like, and what are the games? And, and that's what I was talking about earlier, of like having a reveal that's focused on what the people want to see with like, you want Phil Spencer to come and talk about the games and the design. You don't want him to come out and talk about the specs and yeah. the hardware um, that was shown in the, honestly in the PS4 pro reveal, um, which was, it was different, but still like a lot of people didn't really like that reveal, but having partnering with digital foundry to say, okay, Phil Spencer's going to talk about the stuff you care about. For yeah. those people that want to get the nitty gritty, Digital Foundry's partnered with. They've them already done they... that. It was a month ago, right? Exactly. And so that's, like that's the that was smart, right? Because any tech specs, I think that one of the best companies in the world when it comes to talking about tech specs on stage is probably Apple. Um, if you ever watch one of their events, they they say like we have you know a you know 
Retina display, which allows you to see content as if it were printed on a page. They give like practical examples of why that frivolous, pointless, like it's essentially a 4K display, right? Like we put 4K on a phone. Well, why do you care? Because it makes text. They tell you why you care. They tell you why you care. And I feel like Phil will probably do that with the Xbox team. They'll be like, hey, it has six teraflops of gaming, which means that you will be able to play in true 4K, no upscaling, no shenanigans. And I feel like they're going to aggressively attack that point. And I feel like the marketing for Scorpio in general will aggressively attack specifically the PlayStation 4 Pro because the PlayStation 4 Pro is definitely the definition of a half-step. It is... It's upscaled 4K... There's no 4K Blu-ray. Like they've, it's a great machine. Don't get me wrong, and it's going to come in at a hundred dollars less than the Xbox One X or Maybe. Scorpio. Probably will. Um, um, probably too. Yeah, I, my theory was five ninety nine on the Scorpio, but the more I, the more I think about it, and actually, Digital Foundry's guess is four ninety nine. That makes sense because it's double the price of the Xbox One. I, and I think like. Opinion, all opinions aside, like me, I have a PS4 Pro, and I, I don't have a 4K TV yet, but I like the kind of extra power and the speed that I'm seeing in there. Yeah. Um, it is not... I mean, both by practicality, both of these systems are going to be, in essence, half-steps, just because they're not some true console reveal. But I understand what you're saying about... Like, the PS4 Pro would probably be like a... Like a, a third of a step... And then maybe like the Xbox One S, the whatever the Xbox Scorpio is based on this comments is going to be like a two thirds of a step. Yeah. <laughs> and well, in a sense the, the reason I think that what P- what Sony did with the PlayStation Four Pro is they basically upped the com- internal components, right? More gigabytes basically is what they did. They put more gigabytes. in They put it. more of what they already had. They in put there. more of what they already had. They didn't really do a lot to push the design forward or the arc because they don't want they don't want to they don't need to right. Um, Quite honestly, I don't think that 4K is a prerogative for them right now. That's why it's not a real 4K. Like, it's upscaled 4K. And that's they did that so they could ship a 399 console. It's checkerboard, which the um, for some games, the Xbox, the Scorpio is going to be doing the same thing. But yeah. at least, and I just, from my technical background, I know that for the end user, most of the time, you're not going to tell a difference. Um, that, 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 that specific point is going to be for, like, the... PC Master Race and like we want true native 4K. Good, head over to Digital Foundry. I have plenty <laughs> yeah. of things. That's great. I can just defer all that to Digital Foundry. But, having, but what? What? It, I have a point that I want to get to. Oh. The the thing that I think they've done with Scorpio. If you look into how they've designed that console, each console's power is balanced for each component, which I think is really cool. Meaning that you know when you ship like a GPU right or system on a chip each one has a small variable and the amount of power that it needs right it's just the nature of production they actually balance each console's power to that console's chipset so it maximizes power usage um, they redesigned and you the digital foundry video goes over this in much more detail but they redesigned a lot of the connections and the cabling and where it's laid out to prevent interference to prevent types of um, anything that would slow down inside of the box like, essentially, the people who have been designing surfaces, which are, you know, really smart, and it's a really cool-looking computer, whether or not you think it's good or not, it's like it's still well-designed. And those people now have their brain on a video game console, which I think is pretty exciting. Well, that's what they did, is they... Like, Xbox actually... It's, it's taking longer, but they took the time to... 
not only just add more, but tailor it more. They're like they're adding more, but they're optimizing it. The, yeah, I guess that's that's going to be the best part, and I think that's the difference between the Scorpio and the PS4 Pro is optimization. Yeah, um, could could Sony have done that? Yes, I think more so having that out and what may work in their favor. What, what probably has is the fact that they are the first, whether it's upscaled or whatever you want to think, they are the first 4K video gaming console on market. Depending on the game you play, I mean, that, the, Sony's playing by their playbook. Be the first, find the trend, and get on it. VR, you know, whatever is trendy right now, they're going. For, and I don't mean that derogatorily. They're making billions of dollars off of it. What, what is what I'm seeing? One of the things that makes me most excited about Scorpio is this: Microsoft as a company is much more suited for aggressive moves, I guess I would say. Like, Sony can't take chances with PlayStation, because if PlayStation goes under, it's very likely that Sony would get hit very hard. And I don't think PlayStation's ever going anywhere, but they can't... They can't be reckless with the brand, right? They can't have another PlayStation 3, right? Because if the PlayStation 4 had been a situation like the PlayStation 3 where it was hard to develop for, it was proprietary in a lot of ways, it would have been bad, Right. They've managed to flip-flop it around. What Microsoft's doing now is they're kind of getting way out there and taking a lot of bold risks because at the end of the day, it's fucking Microsoft. Like, Well, I even think... They've got the capital to back up the... I think even more than that, and it may sound like a negative at first, but I don't think it is, is as part of competition is the fact that with the Xbox One, Microsoft is not... Microsoft is selling more Xbox Ones than the Xbox 360. People keep forgetting that. And the reason people keep forgetting that is because Xbox One's doing great. PS4 is doing meteorically. Like, PS2 level stuff. And I think that when you're not the market leader in this particular generation, in this particular instance, it's Microsoft is saying, let's double down and let's focus on what works. And it may take a little bit of extra time, but they understand that they can't come out with a half measure again. They can't come out with another box set and they pop up on stage and they're like, TV, sports, entertainment. Yeah. And they, they, they're tailoring their plan and they're doing it so well. So well. And while Sony and PS4 Pro is great, it's awesome, it's... Sony is still... and it, it, Whether it's a good or bad thing, I mean, Microsoft did it back in the 360 and PS3 generation. If it ain't broke... Yep. Don't fix it. Like, just keep it's keep the so train rolling. It's so weird that their playbooks are flip-flops. <laughs> it's so weird and, and to it, me. It, it's, it's basically the point of, like, if it's not... If it if we're selling mediocrely, then why do we need to change anything? It, yeah. it, you could take that approach to Steam, and we've talked about that in the past. Yeah. It's like, if it... And I think that being the second place has really pushed Microsoft to be better. And I yep. think that's going to show... I think it's already started showing... And I think that's going to show, and like I said, I've said in earlier episodes, like, I want them to do better so that it pushes Sony to do better. And they keep having that battle. Because then we win. Exactly. That is true. Um, I just need more games from Microsoft. Don't, don't worry. In the the games are coming. The dragons are coming. Like, <laughs> And that's a Thank lot you, of George. people. It, uh, again, I think this goes to illustrate the, the fact that people will want to spin the conversation one way or the other. Like, people tried to spin the Scorpio... The people use the word reveal. This is not a reveal. This was a, this was a tech spec. It was a spec reveal. It was yeah. a spec reveal. They tried to be like, well, where are the games? Where are the games? Because they're trying to give a negative connotation. Well, I'm not trying to give a negative. It's just I have an Xbox One. I want more games for it. But right now, I feel like there's a drought. 
Well, I'm, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy. It's just, what good is my console if I don't have new? Oh no, there's a drought. There's it. a there's very much and a drought. Well, yeah. And I'll, I've, I've read some of those articles too. I know Polygon did one. I think um, IGN had one. Gamespot, I don't think did one. Kotaku, I think did one about like the, with this reveal, and it's the really the first of its kind. It and kind of what I made that comment before is like us at this table, we love video games, but we're also pretty tech savvy. So when yeah. people talk about gigabit memory bandwidth we have a general idea of what that means here at this table a lot of media a lot of people in the media add your IGNs and your game spots and I listen to the podcast and hear them talk about it and it's not a hit against them but it's just inter- it was interesting to me like they they're like well I don't understand what the memory bandwidth and stuff does but I just care about the games and that that may be open a whole different conversation of like maybe they should kind of at least know the basics of that to yeah. kind of explain to their listeners and viewers. That's why the Rocket Punch cast is here. To, we got you. To, exactly. We, we got, got you, boo. And I think that with these, them not knowing that almost does a disservice to not giving them the full picture or just answering maybe small questions like, why Why do I care about 326 gigabit per second bandwidth? But going back on the, the earlier point, with those, those tech specs and them talking about that, I think... The, and it's for me too, like the general consensus across the board, because I think a lot of media professional stuff didn't really understand tech specs was like, the tech specs are really, those are really cool. It looks impressive. It looks like it is going to be the most powerful console on the market. I, you know, I've, I'm unchanged on my position until we actually get to the E3 release and like, show me the game and show me what the yeah. power is. And there's a huge discussion around like, why? <laughs> and, and I think they have to do that to a certain extent because they're look, they're looking for numbers, right? They're looking right. for massive numbers. We get to focus. We get to focus, right? Yeah. We get to have focus on our audience and we know what people like and, and people look for something different, right? You can go to IGN and watch IGN, but like we have a different perspective. So it's, it's something we, we enjoy talking about this type of stuff. Now, one thing I will say is what they supposedly were able to do with two days with the Forza team is impressive. Yes, the as we got the Forza Horizon Three. We got the snapshot. I think it was Forza. It was Forza Horizon Three. It was a four K snapshot, and it was basically unoptimized. Like it was just the system automatically bumped it up to four K and added some other texture packages and stuff. And um, it's more in the video, um, but showing that. How well you know it's hard to see unless you have a 4K display, but seeing that if you were able to see that picture in full resolution, looking at that picture, and then also understanding that's not optimized at all. Yeah, I guarantee you they will be optimizing Forza. And, and, and like, and oh, every, well, Forza Motorsports is coming out. Like that will be yeah, Scorpio. That, I'm yeah. sure with Scorpio that will be a mainstay piece to show because car games usually tend to show off better. Think about how many consoles had a car game. That was the At technical launch, masterpiece. That was yeah. the tech demo for the console, Gran Turismo for PlayStation, and Forza for Microsoft. Um, F-Zero for Nintendo. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mario Kart. Uh, I'm about that. Um, yeah, Mario Kart is it. Yeah. I was going to say, I want to see Captain Falcon, like, 4K muscles. Biceps. Show me your moves. Show me your moves. It, but it, it's really... Oh, man, I lost my point. What's... Going back to the earlier point, like, it's... People... And they're not necessarily wrong because also like you can have some of the greatest text like tech specs in the world, but if your games and stuff aren't optimized to take advantage of that, then your game's still gonna look shitty mm-hmm. when you play them on the TV. So I understand where people are like just show me the games, but I think that for me and these tech specs, me personally, I love seeing this. This is definitely gonna push the console market 
to that next level. I think when PS4 Pro came out, it pushed it up to that net level. Scorpio is going to push it up further, even yeah. further beyond. To go even further um, beyond. <laughs> and that makes me excited about the console, at least seeing it. I still, again, and it's, it's a valid concern. I want to see what's, I want to see what games are going to look like. I want to see what games are coming, whether new or updated. Uh, like in, in particular, I want to see what, what third, I, I think a big telling one, even more so than the exclusives, at least bump everything up is what, what's the third party support going to look like for the Scorpio. That's a huge one. It's already looking good with shadow of war because they are, yep. they've already partnered saying that it's an Xbox planning word title. If you purchase it, you'll get it for the Scorpio and it will have Scorpio optimized support for that system. So if you get, it comes out in August, you get it play anywhere. You can play on your Xbox one. And then when you upgrade to your Scorpio, guess what? Your stuff's still there. Yeah. And that's That's like, that's huge. That's super big. Um, but I want to see more third party support. Um, you, you know, love it or hate it. We talked about it before. Destiny two's getting exclusive content on the PlayStation four, whether, you know, there are differing opinions on that, but at the end of the day, that's giving Sony the edge as far as player base on destiny consoles. And yeah. people were like, well, I'm going to get a PlayStation four because my friends have it and they're getting the exclusive strike and the exclusive guns. And it, that's been going on since the end of time. But seeing stuff like that again on this, especially with the Scorpios, I think it's definitely going to help not only the Scorpio, but also the Xbox one S. Yeah. Um, and because that feels on record, I think with an interview at IGN saying that, as you said earlier, this is for core gamers. They're not expecting, and people, I think people need to stop in their mind thinking that the Scorpio is going to be the new system seller and they're going to sell millions of this console. Like Phil Spencer and Microsoft is not going into this saying that this is going to be the top seller. Xbox one S is still going to be their top selling console, like bar none, but this is going to be that just like the PS4 pro is for the PS4. This is that if you want to go even further beyond, get Xbox Scorpio. And well, I mean, we're moving this, this conversation has been had before, but we're moving to a console upgrade cycle. That is more similar to phones, which makes most people like sick to their stomach. Because they're like, well, I just want to, you know, I just want to buy a console and that be the console. And I think the sad reality is, is that like, that's not necessarily going to be the case. Like, you're not getting anything inferior. But if you have this complex of like, there's something better out there and you don't own it, you're gonna have a bad time. Because I would expect from now on for every three to four that's years. A, yeah, for- that's a huge conversation of just games are costing more. The companies are trying to figure out wor- more ways to make money because they like to break even. Even yeah. Um, because you know, game, how long have games been $60 for a really long time? Yeah. And, and, and I think Microsoft specifically is pushing this because they, they want, they want quote unquote, this console generation to end. They want to cleanse themselves of it. Right. Yep. And they can't quite yet because people have to have this mental, like you gotta, I got seven years out of it. That's the, that's the, the checkpoint where I'm ready for the next one now. Right. That's you want to get some, but with that, you want to get some value out of the console, but even with this, this mid like this kind of mid fresh recycle that could alter that mindset yeah. a little bit. And so I think Microsoft is definitely tired of being behind technically because they had to invest so much resources into the TV side and then when they came out with the one S they had to make sure that it wasn't too much better than the current one. They are ready to get back on top of the tech spec. They are tired of the well it runs ten eighty on PlayStation, but you know 900 on the Xbox, like, they're done with that. And, like, that's a stupid argument, but people keep having it, so you've got to... People have that conversation, you, you tell them, it. well, guess what? 
get a Scorpio and you'll be able to play that 900p but game in 1080p. Mark my motherfucking <laughs> words. Only right in 1080p now, though. Every, every person, every Sony fanboy that has been waving those file folders with tech specs for the last three years have now dropped them and don't care. Well, it's about the games, not the tech specs. And I'm just like, literally, I can't with you. Get out of here. Get out of here. Games are great. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, again, Mario, Throne of Bones, etc., etc., software will drive your ultimate success. I hope that they come out guns a-blazing, both with the third-party support, but I also think that I would love to see a game that just pushes this even further beyond in um, this, because one of the points that came up on uh, Major Nelson's podcast was also that develop the power is there. Developers do with it as they please. You don't have to ship the game in 4K. If you don't want to do 4K, but you want to build Skyrim, but there's eight times as the number of NPCs running around the world, and it looks three times as great at 1080p, and that, that, that's you one can of the, do that. That's like, one of the cool things they talked about with the specs on the Scorpio is that I almost think even more so, a little bit more so than the PS4 Pro, is that they're really focusing on, as the PS4 Pro did, not only getting that 4K power, but also helping those 1080p gamers there's going to be a lot of the super sampling just like on the ps4 pro which for listeners that you're basically taking a 4k image and you're downscaling it to 1080p why does that make sense to you because the um that 4k image is downscaled all that detail in the 4k image is still going to be seen and visible in the 10k 1080p image that wasn't before oh did you just say 10k <laughs> here we go baby well 10k it's coming back <laughs> does that mean you need playstation elite coming soon <laughs> no 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 that's a that's a pc gaming thing only where you gotta have like four uh, gtx 1080 ti's oh, to do it and yeah. yeah. like a, that right now in a yeah. in a cooler with ice that you have to constantly refill every day to keep the system cool. Hey, man, I'm just yeah. glad I can go into the vape chamber oh that the Scorpio has. <laughs> the vapor chamber. That was cool. Rip some fat vapes, dog. <laughs> that was super cool. It, like, I'm curious, asking the, asking the group, we see the gist of the tech specs right now. Are you looking at those tech specs? Has it motivated you any more or any less to get the Scorpio when it comes out this fall? Or are you still, I mean, and we said this thing earlier, are we still waiting for more information, more of the games and lineup and stuff and I'm see really what it looks waiting, like? I'm waiting for more information. This is a good sign. And as, as the Microsoft person here, like I can definitely tell that like, this is, this is a Microsoft's bringing the heat, but they're not because it's vapor cooled. It's got the vape chamber. <laughs> they're bringing the vape. They're bring, they're bringing the vape. They're bringing that vapor cooled heat. <laughs> the, like I said, Microsoft's tired of being second when it comes to hardware because, quite honestly, they have the, like, their company is successful on the back end. So they're like, why like why can't we do this? Like, why are we getting beat out by our competitor who is struggling in all other aspects other than PlayStation, right? Like, we have the capital from Windows 10. We have the player base from Windows 10. We have so much that we could utilize for this. Why haven't we done it? And the past three years have been about tapping that, right? Bringing things together. Xbox Play Anywhere. Backwards compatibility. Now into the Scorpio and the... They're calling it the Xbox family, you know, of devices where your Windows 10, um, Xbox One S, and Xbox One and it's like Scorpio. It's like when you tap your mana cards in Magic the Gathering? Yes. I would okay. like to tap two blue mana to bring out this uh, crab monster, giant enemy crab. Um, but yeah, it's like... Microsoft's tired of being second. And I don't know how the game situation is going to work out. I think that Microsoft will always 
tackle the or have to deal with the problem of the lack of Japanese support. Like that is a huge gap in their portfolio. It is. Like Persona never going to be on a never going to be on an Xbox. The, it would be on a Nintendo before it would ever be on an Xbox. Yeah, the, like the Tales a, games. They got yeah. they have the Final Fantasy series which has a big been a big step. Yeah. Um and I'm glad to see that as well, but yeah, no. I, it's I, so that's that will always be an issue, right? And unfortunately, Microsoft has to pour money into solving that issue whereas Sony just sits back and says, "Well, we're anyone Japanese is in the bag, baby, because nationalism." And so like that's, and I, I, I want to say that that's a different conversation because it, you're right, and to some extent they can, but another way of looking at that as well is that if they focus on the games that their player base, especially in their markets that they're actually selling the console, matters to most, which in the shooters U.S. And, shooters and cars. It, 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 shooters and cars, I think that, especially for the benefit of Microsoft and Xbox, but also for the Sorry, listeners, if you are this person, the gamers that love the Xbox because it's a shooter box, like diversify your portfolio. <laughs> you, you need something other than the Master Chief. Don't get me wrong; the Chief is good, but and I, I want I want Xbox to be back at that point that it was in the 360 era, where it was not just the shooter box. It had all these great games and all this third party support that people came and you invented indie games on Xbox, like. Braid, Castle Crashers, that summer was just like like an awakening. That has been an awakening <laughs> of awesome indies, and now they've all moved over to Steam and PC, right? And, you know, I think now's a great opportunity because Greenlight is gone. That fucking cesspool is gone. <laughs> they, salt and, they salted that completely, just poured layers of salt and then dirt on top of that. So there's no growth whatsoever. But... Um, now they're moving to Steam Direct. This is a really unique opportunity for you to bring those people on board, show them the benefit of Xbox Play Anywhere, show them what the Scorpio can do, and when we get to E3, the games will be there. I'm really excited to see. I have one more question. Okay. And it's, it's, it's on our list, Now I want to ask it, thinking about it. We have one of the questions of how Scorpio fits into the console and PC landscape. Like, What are your guys' quick thoughts on how... With these tech specs, how is it going to bridge this gap between console and PC? Are people? Do you think more people are going to see this as a PC or as a console, or do you think will it matter to gamers um, as far as impressions and whether they're going to buy it or not? Because, like, if depending on how much this console comes out to, there could be those people that just say, "Well, I can just go grab a Windows PC tower." And then maybe, you know, get a decent graphics card, then later pop a 1060 in there and I'm good to go. Like, what do you guys think about that? I mean, I already have a decent tower. And if it's going to be the cost of an NVIDIA 1080 or a Scorpio and I have an Xbox One already, I'll just go get the 1080. Well, yeah, I think that I think that as far as for PC players go, this this does nothing to them. This I'll, is negligible. For yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this is more for like people that may not have a like a they've been running well on this PC for. 15 years and it's complete garbage and it's time for them to upgrade to a PC. Now they can get the PC or they can get the Scorpio. If they've been playing WoW, they're going to get the PC. Oh yeah. I'm just using that as a, yeah. So I, my thoughts are this. Will, when we were talking about it, you said, you said a simple thing. He's like, well, if it's 500 bucks, that's how much a 1080 costs. And I think if you've got a frame of PC that you've already built and you just need to upgrade the graphics card, sure, you're going to do that. Like, that's your deal. Um, 
you know, you'll... I think people are very proud of their rigs, you know, like people are proud of the PCs that they build, and I don't think that that going out and buying a box that plays the games for you is going to fulfill the desire that you have in owning a gaming PC, right? Like people love to customize that. People love to build those and have their very own rigs. The console market is entirely like it's a whole different mindset and you think and the the weird thing is is that a lot of games media the people who comment and stuff like who actually have the drive to get out and join the conversation a lot of especially around stuff like platforms right like that isn't around a specific game tend to be a little bit more on the techie side right i would say that a majority of people who maybe listen to a podcast about or have set through this whole podcast talking about tech specs right are more likely you probably have a gaming PC at home like not saying that it that but more than likely a lot of you have gaming PCs Scorpio may or may not be for you I really don't think that Microsoft wants you to get one because at the end of the day you're already on its system like this sounds horrible but like you're already a Microsoft user and if you identify as a PC gamer you've been a Microsoft user from the beginning like the minute that the Steam box failed Microsoft secured that market, you know, like as soon as Linux didn't take off as a development platform, Microsoft locked that market down. So they're really not even concerned with it anymore from the standpoint of console. Now, the other fact is, is there's a lot more people who play on consoles than that do on PCs. That number's slowly shifting, right? Like there's slowly becoming more people who play, who play popular games. You know, if you look at Blizzard and all of that, like those games are only on PC. But when you look at, Who's buying Mass Effect, right? Probably sold more copies on PS4 than it did on Xbox or PC. I don't know what those numbers may be. The numbers have been released. I would like to know, and I'm sure that that number is getting closer together now, just with the accessibility of PC gaming. I'm sure that their numbers are getting closer together, but there's still a huge market that just wants to plug it in and go box, right? Microsoft simply wants to make the most powerful one of those. That's it. And there may be people out there who have a lot of income, but not a lot of tech savvy to build their own machine, or maybe not a lot of drive. I have the tech savviness to build my own PC. Do I have the drive to do it? Maybe not. I may just want to. He doesn't. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> he does much not. Better. I helped a friend assemble their PC like a month or two ago, and it was a surprisingly straightforward experience. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was fun. That Yay. was great, and that was neat. Um, but like the idea of Scorpio excites me, especially if they can bring unique features to the table that would be really hard to pull off on a PC, right? Like one of the things that I am really interested to see here is what does this look like for people like us, content creators, right? Microsoft acquired Beam, which is this weird like low latency streaming service, which yep. is cool. I've been thinking a lot about what they why did they do that? Why did you buy this streaming service that's competing with Twitch and YouTube gaming and all these other Streaming, like, why would you do that? Why would you talk about true 4K? Why would you dedicate so much RAM to the processing of a 4K? Like, there's a lot of things about Scorpio where I'm like, they may be building the ultimate content creator box, right? Like, imagine if you, every single moment of your gameplay is being discreetly captured the past 10 minutes of it in 4K, right? And at any moment, you could say, send it to my computer, in 4K, I'm going to edit that later. Yeah, and they have said they have. I think somebody confirmed 4K 60 FPS recording. Yeah, DVR like, and what if, like, what if that's just a feature. thing that's part of it, where it's always <laughs> running like a DVR, almost like th- those. Those are the types of things that excite me because to do that on a PC would take a lot more work and setup. You'd have third party applications, all this stuff that's tying in. But what if you could just in 
five seconds, say, literally say into your microphone, okay, Cortana, send that to the computer for me to edit later. And it does it, right? Like, that's a cool idea, and I think that's something that you can do on a platform like the Xbox that would be really hard to do on the PC in this current state. Well, I think that... I want to make sure that they... My thoughts, they differentiate themselves between PC and maybe doing the tech spec reveal right now was maybe one of the main reasons to kind of mm-hmm. distance themselves from people saying, oh, this is just a, P- this is just a PC. But um, I think that as far as the PC is concerned, the market that they're going to capture is going to be Xbox Play Anywhere, yep. which is going to be their... Um, the big one, at least for now, is going to be them leveraging their exclusives. Now, if they can get more third-party support on board for Play Anywhere, like Shadow of War, that will maybe that brings a little bit more breath into the Windows Store, especially if you have a Windows PC and a console like the Xbox One, um, whether you have the Scorpio or the Xbox One S. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where they're kind of looking and leveraging the PC market right now. But I think I kind of agree. I think that their focus is and should be that this is. Here are the plug bo- plug it in boxes. We are at the top tier of the plug it in boxes. Yes. Um, if you want the best of the best of the best, just like how it's in the console arena too, but in the PC arena, how everybody wants the best of the best. Everybody wants the 1080, but then now the 1080 Ti has come out, and everybody wants the 1080 Ti. Yeah. It, they want it. They want to have true 8K gaming and all that other <laughs> shit. Then. That's I love what how they, the, I love how the nipple rub that's, is part of that. That's, that's part of it. Seen that video? We've been doing that during it, those segments. But like, there's the market in the console space too, where people want to be. People had PS4s, and the PS4 Pro was announced, and they were said, "Got to upgrade to that right on day one." Yep. People have Xbox One S's. When the Scorpio comes out, they're going to be like, "Got to upgrade on that on day one." Yeah. And that that I think that's the market that Microsoft is trying to hit. Um, and I think that it, as we've seen, if you really think about some of the, the generational stuff and the console generations, when your company hits the um, talks to the hardcore, the core gamers, whatever name you want to give them, that group, if you impress that group of people, then their excitement will spread to the casual gamers as well. Yeah. They, it, it did it with the PS4. It did it with the 360. It did it with the PS2, on, on, on. I just, I really like the idea of a console that's not considered inferior when you think about, like, versions of games that you get, right? Like, like right, Mass Effect's a great example. Like, Mass Effect looks way better on a PC versus console games, right? And I would like for one day for consoles to reach the level where that was not the case. Or at least the case in anything that we're getting clo- We're getting closer with that. We're like, getting we're closer. Close. And, and I think that beyond 4K, it, like... Yes, 8K is will eventually come, but like it doesn't matter. Like at that point, the detail isn't perceivable. What, yeah, there, there's going to be a point where the detail is not. Going it's to be. it's what's happened with TVs, kind of like TVs have run out of features to add. Right? They tried for 3D for a while, that failed. Now 4K is what they're going for, and like they're gonna you're gonna run out of things that you actually care about, and you're gonna reach a point where you're just happy with what you have for five to ten years, right? And I would like that to be the case, right? Like, I don't want this continuous, like, struggle between PC and console. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for us to be cleansed of that shit. 
Oh, it will never end. It will never end. No one will let it die. But I, I, I'm excited by the idea that I can sit here and I can buy Mass Effect on PlayStation or on Xbox and feel good about the purchase of being, being up to par. Not not like, oh, well, it's it plays, it plays, so you should be happy with what you have. But I'm like, no, it still sucks that like I have to play with my friends on PS4 because that's where my friends play and that's what I care about. But yet the PC version does look better. I, and I think that I think that's lessened a lot in the in the past few years, especially with the fact of looking at 4K. As much as we talk about 4K, even in the PC realm, it has not truly taken off. There are still people at this table. There are still a lot of people that still play PC games on a 1080p display. And unless you're getting a 1070 or a 1080 or one of those larger graphics cards, you're not really pushing. Like you got to work hard to get that true 4K, and it costs a lot of money because you got to get a monitor, and you got to get the graphics card, and you got to get the make sure you have the RAM and the processor to support that. And I, I've definitely seen if you think about the 360 and PS3 generation, and even further beyond, there was a lot of like, oh, those games, blah blah blah. You know, we've got PC and we've got that same game that runs it so much better. We've we've had 1080p for years, and now we're. I think that gap is bridging. And especially with stuff like the PS4 Pro, the Scorpio, the um, what's really helping the consoles out, whether, in my opinion, is um, exclusives. You're not going to play Horizon or Zelda or any of yeah. the other games on any other console, um, but that console in and of itself. And that, you know, I'm not going to open that particular discussion, but even the same with Xbox, they have their exclusives that you're not going to play on PC. Yeah. And, um, that's really helping bridge that gap. So I think we're getting there and I think we will, I think we'll eventually get there. I think there's still going to be that wall. PC players are going to say, Oh, I can put 32 gigs of RAM in my machine. So the system's going to run just a little bit small, faster. You know, it's going to look a little bit better, but at the end of the day, it's going to get to that point where everyone's going to say, awesome. You have 10% more pixel density on your screen than I do. Screen still, my console still fucking looks good. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, again, E3 this year is going to be. It's going to be super big, and I actually think, actually really thinking about it, I think the big contenders for E3 this year are going to be Microsoft and Nintendo. I'm not sure what Sony's going to show other than God of War, other than the games that we've already yeah, talked about and seen true. before, and like seen. And people are excited about. I'm not going to knock. You know, I'm the I'm the Sony guy. Um, here, no, it's okay. You can uh, you can accept the defeat that is now inflicting upon you. Well, uh, uh, you've had your three years. It's done now. Phil well, is done with you. Phil has pulled forth his flame hey, look, man, saber. Let's, yes, and will we, rain destruction. He'll, he'll need to make sure they have the cavalry because we've got Horizon and Persona and Near and all the other games. But I think Sony's going to. I think people are excited because I think we're going to see God of God of War, Days Gone, Spider Man, probably Final Fantasy VII remake. All these games that people are really excited for there. But I think Microsoft and Nintendo are going to have better E3s, at least what I think right now, because of their hardware. Microsoft's going to talk about Scorpio. We're going to see what other games Nintendo has or has secured for the Switch. And those are going to be Don't two. Don't get too excited with Nintendo. <laughs> hey, I would. Like, they're going to reveal Mario. That's what they're going to do. Like, I think they've got more up their sleeve. And uh, you think about the console came out in March, and then E3's in. June, so there's still a few months, especially with the success of the Switch launch. Even if it's just like popular games that they can confirm are coming to the console, because of that hardware of like, I can play Mass Effect on the go, I can play Red Dead 2 on the go, 
Like I, I that's yeah. going to be even if it's the same game, putting that in your mind, playing Skyrim on the go. But Cameron, those only run at seven twenty. <laughs> <laughs> You need to calm down. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I really want to see from this E3 is, like you said, Cameron, some great new games from everyone. Yeah, I agree. And I want to see platforms getting, like, finding their niche, right? Like, finding what works for them and really going Why should I buy your box? Yeah, why should I buy your box and and stop playing this copycat game with each other of like, well, you did this, I'm going to do this. And like, I just want, the Wii is dead. It failed. After Wii U. No, no, I'm just saying like, there was a while where everyone just copied the Wii, right? Like it was just like motion control, connect and stuff. And we're cleansing ourselves of that. And what I don't want to happen is for people to look at things like PSVR and things like, um, fucking the the switch, and just think that oh, we should copy that, right? Like I want, if Xbox wants to go the power route, awesome, go the power route. You're gonna lock it down, baby. If Sony wants to go the exclusives route, awesome, keep making great video games. I'll play them on your console, right? Nintendo's just like whatever, dude. Puyo Puyo Tetris, you play it on the go, <laughs> baby, on the subway, wherever you want to play. Uh, I'm really excited to see where we go, but the Scorpio is. We already know that Nintendo will win E3, so you don't have to worry about it. He said Nintendo. I'm a Mario, Throne of Bones, etc., etc. Why is that not a shirt yet? We haven't we're working on it. it. Mario, comma. Yeah, we'll get there. We're going to get there. We have top men working on it. We have our top our top designers working yeah. on it. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. As always, rocketpunchgo.com is the website you can go to to find all the latest and greatest content from Rocket Punch. we got the newest episodes of the podcast right up at the top. So you can stay up to date with Rocket Punch Cast, which you're listening to here, Tank and Spank, our Blizzard theme podcast, and Creator Spotlight, our highlight of really cool, awesome, geeky creators in the Southeast United States. Make sure to check all the latest episodes out there. And if you are feeling super duper cool and you want to ascend to the next level, then head over to patreon.com slash rocket punch where you can, for as little as a dollar a month, help support the show, help us grow, and get exclusive swag and episodes that you can't get anywhere else. So head over to patreon.com slash rocket punch. Help us out. Help us grow. If you're already doing that, thank you, thank you, thank you. We've got bonus episodes coming. It's going to be a great year, folks. So thanks so much for listening. We will catch you next time. And until then, farewell. Farewell.